You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota.
Thank you, Veronica. I'm glad I know I'll be there. Amen. All right. Well, we will be dismissing the junior church right now for those that would like to go back for that. Miss Tony, you got to stay, though. If you. All right. Uh, in the book of Nehemiah, chapter number six, uh, I wonder this morning, do you ever get distracted? Anybody? It's funny that I asked that question and I'm looking around and people are like, you know, all over the place. Uh, ever get distracted? Uh, I, was, I was super amused. When I, we've been studying the book of Nehemiah, and uh, as I, I was studying, I'm asking, okay, Lord, uh, you know, what is it that, that, to, that you'd have me to share from this passage as I was reading through? And the thing that comes to mind, as you'll see in just a moment, is distraction. And I began to think about the danger of distraction, but at the same time, I was so amused, like literally, because uh, I was working on this message, and, and one of the times I was working on it was last Saturday, and while I was working on this message, I was also working on another message, uh, and then, of course, I'm getting texts from people because, you know, uh, and, 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 and so I'm getting texts, and then, but then I go to look at my text, and I, I look at my text, and I answer my text, and I'm like, okay, cool, and uh, then I got my phone in my hand, and I'm like, I wonder if, if that one email came back yet, you know, and oh, I wonder, you know, something about Facebook, and you just go through, and pretty soon, I've been sitting there, I'm like, wait, what am I doing? Uh, and, and, and I literally would, would get distracted repeatedly, and, and I am definitely a person that gets distracted fairly easily, uh, but again, it, it's, it's pretty funny, you know, you think about it, that for, for those that saw my post on Facebook, you know, I did the thing from the, from the animated movie Up, you know, to where the, the, the dog, you know, Doug or whatever, just be talking, talking, squirrel, you know, and just get distracted, so uh, anyway, uh, that's how I often feel, and I, I know some of you can identify with that, so so I, at first, I just started thinking, well, distraction, it's, that's just kind of funny. But I'm telling you, the more I begin to study about it, I, I, I realize that there's the kind of distraction that's just temporary, you know, lapses in focus or attention or concentration. But, folks, I want, you to, I want to show you today that distraction, not the kind of looking at a squirrel necessarily, but, the, but, but distraction can actually be a terminal threat. To your Christian life. Distraction can be a threat to your marriage and your home, your financial well-being, your health. The distraction is actually huge. And I was amazed when I began to study this. And, and I'll show you what I mean here. And so I want to talk about the danger of distraction. But then I want to close by showing you some ways to say no to distraction. And to overcome distraction. But let's just start off by reading the first two verses of Nehemiah chapter number 6. Where the Bible says, Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Gershom the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall. That there was no breach left therein. Though at that time I had set, not set up the doors upon the gates. Then sent that Sanballat and Gershom sent unto me saying, Come, let us meet together in some of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. They thought to do me mischief. So here they are. They are fulfilling God's calling. And here in the book of Nehemiah, it's rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. With the city of Jerusalem, the temple had been rebuilt uh, a decade or so earlier by Ezra. Now they're, they're building the all-important walls around the city. Why? Because Jerusalem was meant to be a light to the world to show the glory of God because God cares about where people spend eternity and God cares about people having a relationship with Him. You'll see that throughout the Bible. 
But here they are, man. They're completing this task, fulfilling God's calling, continuing in His purpose. And remember, you and I have a purpose also. So what, what, what have we seen? We've seen that they've overcome doubt. They've overcome discouragement and ridicule. They have worked through being overwhelmed after being surrounded by problems on every side. And I'm talking about them, but I'm also talking about us. Because we deal with doubt. We deal with discouragement. And, and in previous message, we've been talking and using the example of how these folks dealt with that to help us how to deal with our discouragements and doubts and ridicule. Be, be, the times that we feel overwhelmed, surrounded all around us by problems, just like they did. Matter of fact, last week, or the week before last, I'm sorry, we started realizing that they had some interpersonal problems. They had unforgiveness, and they, they, they weren't treating each other right. But guess what? They got that dealt with also. So things are going well. Things are progressing right along. Then all of a sudden, this new enemy of distraction raises its head. A distraction is defined in the dictionary as a thing that can prevent someone from giving full attention to something else. The 1828 dictionary says confusion from a multiplicity of objects crowding on the mind and calling attention different ways. See, when Satan is in power, he wants to come in like a roaring lion, ready to pounce, ready to take you down. But uh, when all of a sudden you begin to stand like these people have, they've overcome these attacks where Satan's coming like a lion. So what does Satan then do? He then changes tactics. And then he tries to come in subtly like a serpent. He wants to come in ferocious like a lion, but if he's not able to do that, he will come in as a deceiving serpent. Verse 2, that seems innocent enough. You say, preacher, what's the big deal? All these people are saying is, hey, come talk to us. Doesn't sound like that much. Here's Nehemiah in the middle of the work. He's about to finish up. Hey, will you come meet with us? In the valley of oh no, you know, somebody's preached a message. Quite a few have on say no to oh no. Uh, that's quite a name of a town, isn't it? Uh, come down to oh no. Uh, but, but, it, but it's subtle. It's not a big deal. It's not like they're saying, hey, Nehemiah, man, come party with us. No, just come talk with us. Uh, see, the problem is that you need to understand something that Nehemiah understood about distraction. Look there again in verse number 2. He said, but they thought to do me mischief. They thought to do me mischief. What you and I need to understand is that our distraction means us harm. The distraction that's trying to arise right now in your marriage, in your spiritual life, in your walk with God, folks, we need to understand that that distraction means us harm. Matter of fact, it seems to be in this text that, that Nehemiah understood that not only did they mean mischief, that this could go to the extent of actually killing him. They may try to assassinate Nehemiah in this text. So he's got concerns here, and, and he recognizes that. And what happens then? If that happens, that would leave the cause that you and I have been working toward vulnerable and incomplete. The walls were all done. That's a big deal. But... If there's no gates on the door, if there's no gates on the opening, you're still vulnerable. 
And what the enemy wants to try to do, he sees. He sees the fact that you're even here today. There's some folks that aren't here today. You know why? They've got taken out by discouragement. They've gotten taken out by doubt. They've been taken out by ridicule. All right? But by the grace of God, you're here today. But if he, so if he can't get you with any of that, not to say that he's not still trying to, but he'll try to get you with a distraction. He'll try something else. And that's exactly what he's trying here, and the enemy is trying with Nehemiah. Have you been giving your walk with God your full attention? Does your assignment from God have your focus? If not, we may be distracted. Now, as I mentioned earlier, some distractions are small. That which is distracting is often harmless. Things that are distracting to us are often harmless unless and until it claims more and more of your thoughts, your time, and your energy. I, I think of a, a, fair, a fairly harmless distraction can be this little bugger. All right? Fairly harmless. Now, son, this thing can be all kinds of harm too, right? Uh, because uh, you know in a click of a button here, you could get some stuff on here that'll mess up your mind, all right? Uh, but, but, but in an innocent way of thinking, uh, you ever get distracted by your phone? You know what we need to learn to do? We need to learn for one thing. One thing that can help us just from a very, very practical standpoint is we need to not have all of our notifications. We don't need to be notified every time we get an email. You say, well, in my line of business, okay, I'm not talking to you then. But I'm saying most of us don't need to be notified every time we get an email. Every time somebody likes or comments on our posts on social media, we don't need to get a notification for that on our phone. Um, listen, you might do yourself a favor by cutting down some of the notifications that pop up on your phone. There's a lot of things that can, that can get us, but you know, those are, that is obviously is generally a little bit more harmless. Uh, how about this one? This could go into your phone as well. Sports. Now, if you know me, you don't have to know me very long. As a matter of fact, it ain't going to take me too long today before I don't start giving some football illustrations, okay? I love sports. I really do. But the thing that we've got to be careful of is that sports don't become a distraction. I knew years ago as a young person, I can remember, uh, I can remember uh, you know, laying in bed. I can remember that, uh, that the team I was pulling for lost. I believe they might have lost the championship. And, uh, and I remember just being in bed. I just, just tore up over that thing, you know? I mean, and I wasn't concerned about souls, and I wasn't concerned about anything, but I was concerned about that team losing. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a fan of a team. Well, we just got to be careful that it doesn't become a distraction, that sports don't become a distraction. Uh, that, 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 that should not draw us away. So with things like sports, uh, still in the, the sports world, fantasy. Anybody ever play fantasy sports? Anybody willing to admit that? I, 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 don't play them, I don't really play them anymore, but I used to be, son. I was like the GM. I was awesome, man. Fantasy baseball, okay? So this took a lot more time and energy than fantasy football. And mine wasn't of a gambling sort. We didn't, it was, there was no money on the line. It was just all bragging rights and who's the best and the smartest and can figure out who's going to. But, but I'm telling you, I obsessed over that stuff. Man, I would fight. Me and my friends would get in intense fights over this. It was pretty hilarious uh, at times. Uh, but there could be fantasy sports. It could be uh, work. Work can come into straight. You say, well, man, I got to work. I understand we got to work. But when work is interfering with my walk with God, it's becoming a distraction. And I'm not telling you to quit your job today, okay? What I'm saying is just get things in perspective. Uh, I'm going to say this again, perhaps, but what the problem is, a lot of times there's things that are two, three, and four 
that become number one. But what happens when you allow things that aren't number one to jump into number one, it really throws everything out of balance. And all of a sudden, you just about forget what's number one. And you get all kinds of things that you think are really important. But work can come, become a distraction. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's other things. There's, uh, you know, I mentioned social media. Um, leisure. Matter of fact, this was interesting. I looked, looked up the top synonyms, the top synonyms for distraction. And here's the top, some of the top synonyms. Entertainment, amusement, recreation. Pause. Is anything wrong uh, with uh, entertainment, amusement, and recreation? No. But the point is, we just can't let it... By the way, you, you know what amusement is, don't you? Uh, the word amuse. Uh, muse means to think. But if you put the little A on the front of it, A is a negative, uh, a negative letter, so it means not to think. So the thing about amusement, and it's fine sometimes to be amused and be entertained uh, and be, uh, you know, uh, whatever it may be. But we just can't let that become a distraction, okay? Uh, I don't know how many are in danger of that, but, uh, but think about this. These are things that can distract us from our role in our homes. With, with, with being, many of, us, many of you are married, and many of us, uh, you know, ha have the idea and the goal to be the best dad and the husband that we can be. Or the best wife for some of you. The best child, you want to be, you know, the best grandparent, whatever it is. But these things can begin to distract you from what really matters the most. So we, these things can distract us in our homes. They can distract us in our church. Uh, they can distract us in all kinds of ways. So think about this. Think about in your home, for instance, being distracted. You want to know distraction? That, something that can become a distraction in your home? Uh, in, how many of you is married? Hands, 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 hands. How many of you are married? Okay. How many of you have figured out that your spouse can do some stuff to get on your nerves? Not as many hands to admit, maybe. Uh, all right. Can just drive you crazy. Is Melanie in here? All right, I can talk freely. Because uh, I know y'all won't tell her, all right? Uh, but your spouse can do some things to drive you teetotally insane. Get on your nerves. Now, but what happens is we can get distracted by that. By the way, have you ever heard this? Some of you know this. Do some of you know that the thing that actually attracted you to the person you're with is what now drives you crazy about them? I'm sure perhaps one of the things that attracted Melanie to me, I don't know what else it would have been or what else it could be. But, but among those things is, man, hey, Mr. Easy going here. Joe Cool, you know, it's like, oh, it's all good. Man, he's laid back. But then you get married and after 25 years, oh my gosh, why are you so laid back? You know, why is everything, uh, where are the kids? I don't know. When are they going to be back? I, I, I didn't think to ask them. <laughs> now there's, that's not all true, but there's a lot of truth in it. Okay? The point I'm trying to make is sometimes it's funny that the things that attract you uh, to the person you're with is now the things that drive you crazy. But here's the point I want to try to make. You get distracted by that. And if you're not careful, what you forget about is you start fixating on those few things. And if you're not careful, you start forgetting about the things. And now, you know, we laugh about it because it is funny. But I'm telling you, it can turn into a problem. When all of a sudden, 
All your, every time you see them, they just get on your nerves again. Every time they do something. And you forget to take time to say, you know what? He gets on my nerves. But you know what? I'm glad he goes off and works hard every day. You know, or I'm glad that he's doing his best. I'm glad that he loves me. I'm glad that he's faithful. Whatever the case may be, try not to be distracted, overly distracted by what drives you crazy about your spouse or about your child and try to remember and, and, and get refocused on the things that you appreciate about them. See, the enemy had to get, was trying to draw Nehemiah's attention off the work that he had to do. He was trying to distract him with a friendly offer to try to draw him into some kind of debate or trick him into some alliance. You know, as a church and as Christians, I I, I say this a lot, so I won't spend a lot of time here, but as Christians, I really believe as Christians we're to be salt and light. And I believe a part of that is we should know and care about what's going on in our community, in our country, on our school board, on our county commission, all just right down the line. I believe Christians ought to care about that and be involved in that process. I really do. But if we're not careful, but I don't think that's the number one thing Christians are put on this earth to do. We're put on this earth to fulfill the Great Commission. But we're also put here, I believe, to be salt and light. But the point is we can allow sometimes politics or something like that to become a distraction. And all of a sudden, the church tries to make that their main mission. It's not our main mission. It it can become a distraction. Worldview. We can get so caught up. I mean, is it not easy today? You look at the divisiveness today. It's it's just like this. It feels just like this to me. They're They're trying to take him off of what they're doing and draw him down here to what's probably going to get turned into an argument if not them trying to kill him. We see such idiotic stuff going on today. It makes me want to, I'm, here I am trying to do a work for God, build, you know, work in the church, do a minute. These people are such idiots, I'm going to have to come over here and have a talk with them. Try, are you, how stupid are you? What's wrong with you? You know, what, what you, your, your ideology is totally nonsensical. What kind of idiot? What kind of fool? And so now that, that, that gets on my mind and I get on social media. What are these? You're a bunch of idiots. You're all a bunch of idiots. And, and then I, but, but here's the problem. It's like, oh, wait. Man, that's not my main job. My main job is not to get down here and argue with people uh, I mean, listen, and by the way, you ever try to rationalize and reason with an emotional person? <laughs> Don't waste your time, okay? Um, and I'm telling you, there's some, listen, and you want to, you, something else you need to learn here too, I'll just add this, is you think these people are stupid. But the problem is not in their knowledge. Their problem is not in what they know. Their problem is not in their intellect. You listen to this. The problem's in the heart. Thank God there's a few people that if you show them the truth and you show them reason and you show them science, there's people, since their heart is leaning in the right direction, they will follow that. But the the, the biggest, loudest mouths out there, I want to tell you something. They don't need to be shown something intellectually. It's not here that's the problem. It's here that's the problem. It's the heart. And folks, I can't do nothing about the heart. And you can beat them upside the head with the truth all day long. But the the truth, it's not this up here that they need. They need the truth in their heart. They need the gospel truth. 
So just the point being that we can get, we should be involved in the process. We should try to engage our culture. I believe that 100%. But we cannot allow it to become a distraction. If the enemy can distract God's people, he has won. If we start majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors, putting second and third, third things first, we'll lose the effectiveness for the work. I talked about some of the uh, synonyms. Here's some of the synonyms uh, the, uh, of um, diversion. How about this one? Preoccupation or distraction. One is diversion. Preoccupation. Misdirection. I think about that. Diversion. Misdirection. There's a play in football. I believe it was uh, uh, the, the Syracuse coach who coached Jim Brown and then uh, was it Ernie, Ernie Davis, Ernie, whatever his name was, Banks, Ernie Banks. But, uh, but, but that he was one of the first coaches to come up with this idea of, okay, here's what we're going to do. On offense, we're going to snap the football, and I want the blockers and, and everybody, I want the whole line going left. And I want the quarterback going left. But I want one guy going right. And we're going to give him the football because when we start to go left, the defense is going to follow us there and it's going to open up this other side of the field. And he had a great deal of success creating a diversion. And if we get distracted, you're supposed to watch the ball. That's what you're supposed to watch. You're supposed to keep your eye on something else. There's something else we should be focusing on, but we can be diverted sometimes. Our attention can be diverted. So there can be a diversion. There can be a misdirection. When we get distracted from God's goodness and blessings, that can be a distraction. Do you know that? Hey, your pain can become a distraction. Your trial can become a distraction. And you get fixated on your problem. It's a distraction. Because now, here's the thing about it. What you focus on is what you see the most of. And what you focus on is what seems to be greatest and largest in your life right now. And what happens, man, I wish I had a quarter. I wish I had a bunch of quarters. But, uh, you know, I've, I've used this illustration. I've probably used it here before. But what's bigger between this and the sun? Pretty easy answer there. There's no trick questions there. The sun. But if I hold this, I can put this between me and the sun, and all of a sudden this little insignificant deal <laughs> uh, is, seems bigger than the sun. I just realized that the coaster said cheers. Um, <laughs> what? See, we can be distracted. We can be distracted from... Uh, the things that matter, we can be distracted. How, how many, I wonder, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you, because of your problems, have been distracted from the goodness of God? I don't think there's a week that goes by that there's not people walking in these doors, and sometimes it's this preacher, that hasn't been distracted from the goodness of God because all I can see right now is my problem. All I can feel right now, and I'm not even going to go there, because I don't feel the pain that some of you people feel. I don't deal with some of the illness that some of you may deal with. But you know what I mean? That pain can distract you. You forget how good God is. Forget about how wonderful His love is. Uh, our failures can distract us. Anybody ever fail? Isn't that a shock? Reckon God ever knew that might happen with us, human beings? 
We make a bigger deal about it than we ought to. I'm not saying that we ought not make a big deal and get our hearts right about it and everything, but ultimately I just lift up my hands to heaven and say, I'm glad God loved and saved a sinner like me. God did not save us to make us and turn us into these spiritual robots, you know, that are better than the common people. No, we are just all common people. Therefore, we still sin and mess up. And, and, and what we have is we've got a God in heaven that can forgive us and help us to uh, have victory over these things that are conquering us. But we find out it's in His strength and not in our own strength. But we get distracted from the power of God. We get distracted from the goodness of God. Uh, there can be a willful distraction when there's something we don't want to face or deal with. Anybody? Anybody put stuff off? You know the way we normally put stuff off and procrastinate? We distract ourselves. Man, I'm glad I did this yesterday. I, I don't do this as often as I should, but I like coming up here to the church every once in a while and I'll come praying. And some of y'all are going to think I'm funny, but that's all right. I come up here and, uh, and I start praying. I walk and pray. And I pray, Lord, you know those who are going to be stepping in these doors. And God, I pray as they step into this area right here, God, I, begin, I pray you'll begin working right away. And Lord, into this, into this nursery, God, you know the kids that are going to be here, and you know the teacher. And I pray, and just through every class, walk up and down these chairs, walk up and down these aisles. But yesterday, I was about to do that, but I remembered to pray because I was praying for people that weren't going to be here, you know. Some people are here, aren't here because, you know, they've got other stuff that they, uh, whatever, out of town and different things, working. Uh, but then there's other people, I'm like, you know what, Lord? They ought to be here. They ought to be here. But God, I, pray, but, but I know they're struggling on whether or not to come. But God, I pray you'll please help them to come. But I started thinking about somebody that I needed to text. Uh, and I didn't really want to text them. So you know what I said? Yeah, yeah, Lord, I'll do that later. I'm going to go walk and pray. Nothing wrong with walking and praying. Some of y'all think, well, I don't know about that. But anyway, uh, nothing wrong with walking and praying. But there's something wrong with walking and praying when God's like, you know what, you need to text this person. You need to reach out to this individual. Uh, and so I reached out to that individual right away and obeyed the Lord. But the, the point of the matter is, is that we can sometimes be distracted. It's a willful distraction uh, to where we allow ourselves. By the way, here's the problem about willful distraction. Number one, it does lead to procrastination, but sometimes we procrastinate and distract ourselves from things that really do need to be dealt with. Situations within our home, conversations that we really do need to have. Issues that we're facing, and, and, and some of you like to internalize everything. Nope, I'm going to just keep it in. I'm just keeping it in. I'm good. I'm just going to keep it in. You know, that would be all well and good if that really happened. But at some point, it all comes out. And it's not usually pretty when it does, is it? You know, but we don't, nope, keeping it in, keeping it in, keeping it in. Man, no. There's some things that need to be dealt with sometimes. But if you procrastinate and if you put off, I'm telling you, it can lead, it can lead to depression. It can lead to all kinds of things. So you can see, when I talk about distraction today, it's actually a pretty big deal. Um, th there's an element of distraction that's compromised. Because, think about it, the, these guys that have nothing in common with Nehemiah are like, hey, come down here and visit with us, talk with us. Let's, let's get on some common ground here. Nehemiah says, no, not doing it. Why? Because distraction suggests that what we're working toward isn't all that important. I need to remember that. 
It, it, it suggests that what I'm doing right now isn't all that important. But listen, my life does matter. My walk with God matters. My work, whatever it is. Listen, if you're saved by the grace of God, I mentioned earlier, we're having a baptism next week. If you've, if you're, if you've trusted Christ, haven't been baptized, man, follow the Lord in baptism next week. And then the Bible says, and then they continued with the church. They continued with them daily. Man, get in and find some way that you can work and contribute. Um, have some, some way to uh, be, because if you are saved and a part of this church, guess what? That means you are a part of the body. And, uh, and you know, have, have you ever seen those amazing people that learn to function without limbs and stuff like that? Amazing thing, people that learn to function without arms. You know, there's a lot of churches like that. They're doing pretty good. They don't have arms. But man, they do good with their feet and their mouths and whatever else, however they do it, and their legs. Uh, but just imagine, though, if every member is working right. And if every member... So be a part. Don't, don't get distracted from uh, your work and, and your opportunity and the privilege to serve in ministry. What you're working toward, what you're a part of is important. Uh, a couple other things about distraction. Friends may unintentionally distract you. Jesus, in, in, in Matthew chapter number 16, verses 21 through 23, Jesus is having a conversation and He reveals something to His disciples. And He says, hey, I do that stuff sometimes because I think people are distracted. You know that? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but listen, uh, He says, hey, uh, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. But I'm going to rise on the third day. Peter speaks up. And he says, no, Lord, you're not going to do that. You can't do that. You can't let that happen to you. And you know what Jesus says? Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest the things that be of men and not of God. In other words, Peter wasn't trying to go against Jesus, but he was, trying to, he was unintentionally trying to distract him from that, what Jesus had come to do. Distraction is a big enemy of productivity. It's a big enemy of purpose. What's the purpose today that you've been called to? If you have been called, if you're saved, let me tell you something. You've been called to a great work in the church. There's nothing greater than ministry. But I want to tell you something else. Sometimes there's nothing harder than ministry. Uh, you know, I used to have guys I, I, that, I, that I worked with at Polaris, and they, you know, they'd tease, and people at the church still tease me today, and they'll say, oh, preacher, that must be tough pastoring, you know, working that whole one hour a week. Oh, no, they'd actually say it must be nice. And I'd just always play along and say, it is, man. It is. You ought to try it sometimes. You know, everybody should pastor. Um, I don't let people get to me, you know. Uh, but, but the fact of the matter is, is, is whether it's a pastor or whether it's you, whether you're teaching a Sunday school class, whether you're, you know, hosting a men's breakfast and you show up and nobody comes. By the way, remember men's breakfast, 7.30 next week? But what do you do then? You can get distracted. Get distracted from what? What did God tell me to do? There's times, there, believe me, there's times in pastoring, there's times especially when you are starting a church from scratch uh, that it could real, be really easy to say get distracted by the, the results or the lack of results. But you can't let that happen. I cannot let that distract me from God's calling. 
See, because when it comes to ministry, I do not do what I do for results. I don't. And can I tell you something? Don't do whatever it is you're doing in this church for results. You say, wait a second, preacher, that sounds counterproductive. No, I want results. And I expect results. I expect somebody to get saved here this week. I expect somebody, I expect this church to grow. I expect all these things. But that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because God's called me to do it. Because ultimately the results are up to Him. I just put it in His hands and and it's up to Him. Jesus said, I will build my church. So I just try to do everything that I know to do, what He's called me to do. But ultimately, my goal is to be faithful. To what? To the calling. This is what God's called me to do. So if it's it's one person, if it's a thousand people, it doesn't matter. I've got to fulfill my calling. And so uh, churches can get distracted. I, I mentioned this earlier. Churches can get distracted from the message. Folks, the gospel message needs to be the message of the church. Letting people know what it means to know Christ and to, uh, listen, and to have uh, Christ working in their lives and in their homes. The gospel message, the meaning, God's plan, the motive. Folks, if you're not careful, I think about motive. You can get distracted from the why. Why am I doing this? Um, I uh, uh, talked about this with the Treyu some time ago, and I, I believe it was... Uh, uh, crew lag that had become the, the commandant of the, uh, of the Marines and uh, one of the things that he tried to institute was uh, th- this, this thing to where they would encourage uh, people, they would encourage recruits especially, especially every once in a while to ask themselves, well, why are they doing this? And literally uh, there, was a, there was a specific soldier, I heard his testimony uh, th- that went through the same uh, crucible that Atreyu went through here uh, the same crucible that, 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 that those last uh, hours or days of, of boot camp uh, to where, it, and it finally ends, but, I mean, after sleep deprivation and, and a whole bunch of other trials, it's called the crucible for a reason. And this is in San Diego. And then so finally, uh, then the last thing to conquer is called the reaper. Just a steep hill that after you are already slap beat and wore out, you've got to get up. Well, here they are trying to get up this hill. And they're struggling. And there's some people that don't make it. And they're looking at each other. And, and, they're, and they're trying to think, man, can I make it up this hill? Can I make it through the reaper? Can I, can I complete the crucible? And, uh, but then the one Marine looked over at the other Marine and said, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? See, he was getting, getting distracted from the, during the difficulty. He was getting distracted by his fatigue. He was getting distracted by his muscles uh, being, being so weak and maybe cramping. So a fellow soldier asked, why are you doing this? And he answered and he remembered. I remember why I'm doing this. I'm doing this to provide a better life for my family. I'm doing this to provide a better future for my daughter. That's why I'm doing this. Because if you're just trying to beat somebody up the hill, that's one thing. But if you connect a difficult task with a motive of why. So don't get distracted from the why. Don't get distracted, folks, from the ultimate goal. And that is one day to stand before Jesus and for Him to say, Well well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, When a church gets distracted, when you get distracted, when we as a church or you as an individual gets distracted uh, from what we're really supposed to do, I thought this was a pretty interesting illustration. 
Anybody remember the Super Bowl? Was that last year's Super Bowl with uh, Tampa Bay and uh, Kansas City? Was that two years ago? Uh, any Patrick Mahomes fans in the house? Any Patrick Mahomes fans? I like Patrick Mahomes. I'm not a Chiefs fan, but I'm just a fan of his game and everything. Nobody wanted to own up to that. I'm not trying to set you up. Um, but Patrick Mahomes during the Super Bowl had five, uh, five rushes. You know, that's where he's trying to run the ball for those that don't know. He's trying to be the runner. Five rushes for 33 yards in Super Bowl 55. Okay, you say, so what? Here's the thing. During the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes ran, I think it was 497 yards. You say, wait a second, you just said he ran 33. No, he got 33. That, that, that's, what's, that's what's a bonus. That's what's past the line of scrimmage, okay? But behind the line of scrimmage, scrambling, running for his life, running like a crazy person because the defense was just going to shut down his ability is what their goal was. Behind the line of scrimmage during Super Bowl 55, he ran this way and that way, this way and that way, 497 yards, 33 yards that way. Now, what my point is this. If you're just busy, you may just be doing like, being busy doesn't mean you're getting down the field. Hey, as a church, we've got to make sure that we're not just doing stuff, but is this getting us down the field? Is this getting us to the goal and the objective of why we are here? So, distraction. Now, look with me quickly in verse number 5. Four times, look in verse 4 actually. The Bible says that Nehemiah said, I'm not coming down, but it says in verse 4, Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort. And I answered them after the same manner. I'm not coming down. I'm not giving in to distraction. Then sent Samballot his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, It is reported that among the heathen that Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be king according to these words. And thou also hast appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There's a king in Judah. And it just goes on down the thing. Verse 8, Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou faintest them out of thine own heart. So in other words, now he recognizes something. Now the distraction continues, but now the distraction begins to be gossip and rumors. Nehemiah had been granted permission from the king of Persia to go rebuild these walls. Not to become a king. Nehemiah had no plans to be a king. Nehemiah was not trying to put an opposition up against um, the Persians. But they started a rumor about him. They started talking bad about him. And they said, it's been reported. They said, everybody, everybody done been talking about what you're doing, Nehemiah. It's getting around. People know. And Nehemiah's like, wait, that's not what I'm trying to do. In other words, have you ever been distracted by people talking bad about you? Either slandering you or gossip. That's exactly what specifically happened. That became a distraction here. But it's interesting here that... That Nehemiah said they thought to do me harm. Now, here's the thing that's interesting. Last week, you may or may not remember this, but I made a big deal about giving people the benefit of the doubt. 
Because we were talking about in the city. Hey, give your brother and your sister the benefit of the doubt. Give me the benefit of the doubt. If I act like a jerk, it may not mean that I was really trying to be a jerk. If I, if I seem distracted and, and don't speak to you, don't make eye contact to you, don't seek you out, don't start thinking, oh, he must have problems with me. You know, give me the benefit of the doubt. Give each other. You say, but, but now in this case, Nehemiah was not giving these people the benefit of the doubt. Why? Because he already knew these guys. They had already shown their true colors. You know, sometimes, let me tell you something about people. Because here's, I'm going to get into this specifically, and I'm trying to wrap up, okay? But sometimes people will try to distract you. I mentioned that already. Sometimes there's people that you need to be suspicious of. Not everybody, but there's some people that have given you reason to be suspicious. Um, you know, Satan tried to distract Jesus. In Matthew chapter number 4, verses 8 and 9, the Bible says, The devil taketh them into an exceeding high mountain, showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Now, that's going to be given to Jesus of the Father, but Satan said, I'm going to distract you. I'll give it to you now, which tells us something, doesn't it? Satan is the prince of fire there. He's the God of this world, but that's another message. But the point is, Satan tried to distract Jesus. Some people, did you know, let me tell you something, uh, man, some of our teens are gone, but some are here, so I'll talk to you, all right? Um, and I'll say this to all of you, you, you younger folks, some people will try to be your friend, especially if you've got a testimony and a reputation for being a Christian, for not drinking and partying and sleeping around like an alley cat and all that stuff, having a filthy mouth. You get a reputation like that, there'll be somebody, Natalie, that's going to be your friend. Hey, Natalie, what's up, you know, what's up, cool, whatever they say now. Uh, come hang out with us, you know. <laughs> okay, when all the while they want to get Natalie, they want to get you to a place they want to get you to that party that you, didn't, that you didn't used to get invited to. They want to get you to that bonfire that you didn't used to get invited to. Not because they really like you, but because the light that's in your life. The Bible says they hate, that Jesus said they hated, men hated darkness. Amen. Therefore, they, they did not come to the light lest they should be reproved. So there's a light that's in you as a Christian that your other kids can hate. They don't understand it, but it rebukes them. You're not rebuking them. You're trying to love. You're trying to be nice. You're trying to be courteous. But your life shows that. So what do they want to do? Oh, they want to see you cuss so bad. They want to see you drink. They want to entice you to get into some little game. Oh, it's just a little game. You know, yeah, yeah just you and him go in the closet. And, we, and it's all harmless and it's all good. They don't like you. They're not your friends. But what they, want is, what they do want to see is they do want to see you brought down. They're trying to distract you from your walk with God. It reminds me of the, the, the fable of the scorpion and the frog, you know. Uh, the scorpion is sitting here on the other side of a fast-moving stream, and he needs to get to the other side. He sees the frog, and he asks the frog, he says, Hey, can I, can I ride, could you give me a ride to the other side? And that frog says, well, I'm not going to give you a ride to the other side. You're a scorpion, and you'll, like, kill me. But the scorpion's like, nah, cool. And he says, and the scorpion says, why would I kill you? You're going to be my ride, and if I were to kill you, then we both die. You know, because I can't swim. 
made sense to the frog. So the frog allows the scorpion, and off across the stream they go, things are going pretty good. When all of a sudden, that frog felt a sting in its back. That frog began to feel its limbs paralyzed, and as that frog is starting to sink and drown with that scorpion on its back, it's one of the last words out of its mouth, one of the last things it said was, Why did you do that? And the scorpion just said, It's in my nature. And they both drowned right there. See, there's just some people that are scorpions. And you don't need to give them room to ride in your life. So, but you can be suspicious of some of these things. The Bible says the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Um, there's, there's the gossip they had to put up with, slander they had to put up with. Notice this real quickly, and I'm going to give you the, the, the things that will help you say no to distraction. This surprised me when I read it, verse 9. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. In other words, it worked. The distraction... Nehemiah didn't go to meet them, but the threats and the gossip and the slander actually got to him. Made him feel weak. Got him down. Okay, so how do we say no to distraction? How do we say no to distraction? Number one, remember the goal or the purpose. I've already alluded to that. In verse number three, Nehemiah said this, And I sent messages unto them saying, I am doing a great work that I cannot come down. I can't leave this work. In other words, you've got to ask yourself when you begin to get distracted, is this helping me accomplish the God-given goal that I have? Is this helping me to get the ball downfield, so to speak? We should do an inventory of how we spend our time, our energy, and our finances. How we use our influence. So remember your goal or your purpose. If we find some good things that are distracting us, not everything's bad. But maybe it's just, I don't have room for it in my life. So remember the goal of the purpose. The way you can say no, the way you deal with it is saying, you know what, this isn't helping me. I'm going to go the right way. Number two, stay determined. We have saw, saw already, five times they came. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other words, keep going toward God's way. Lastly, look to Jesus and pray. Look to Jesus and pray. What did He do in verse 9? He said, Lord, I'm weak and I need your help. Help me. Help me to continue on. Help me to finish. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And here it is. Looking unto Jesus. As we all stand this morning, as Miss Sonia comes, looking unto Jesus. That, that, that word looking right there is not a casual glance. That word looking right there carries the idea of looking away from everything else and looking only to Him. Listen, God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. He's doing a work in your life. Say no to distraction. Do not allow yourself to be distracted and pulled away. As she starts to play this morning, I'll say this. If you're here today and you do not know Christ as your Savior, 
Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by the illusion of time. So many people have said next week, when it comes to making a decision for Christ, next week I'll make a decision. What? Don't be distracted by the empty promises of sin. What about the people that I know? Listen, I came to a place, I understood something the night I got saved. I was into drugs, you know, I told you about that. But I understood something. I knew that with this decision to accept Christ as my Savior, I knew, Dan, that the big party plans I had next week, that wasn't what I was going to be doing next weekend. I knew that making this choice meant I wasn't going to make that other choice for the next weekend. And I balked at that a little bit. I, 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 I was leaning toward believing in Christ. I said, wait a second. Do I really want to give up my sin? Do I really want to give up this sin that's bringing me down? Do I, do I really want to give up this sin that I've seen ruin my entire family? I, I wasn't putting it in that context, but that's, how we, that's what sin does. But don't be distracted by the empty promises of sin. Listen, the Savior's hand is outstretched. Jesus Christ, if you're here today and you're not saved, Jesus Christ's hand is stretched out to you today. Do not allow yourself to be distracted from that nail-pierced hand that's reaching out and just says, just come to me. Just reach out. Just believe. I'll forgive you. I'll become your Savior. I'll give you life. I'll give you life more abundantly. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let's pray here for a moment. We'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear God, for... Lord, I was feeling awfully distracted that day you saved me. But God, I'm so glad that by your grace, it's almost like you put your tender hand on my cheek and just turned my head once again to remind me of of what I had and what I could have in you. Your great love for me, the forgiveness of my sin, the, uh, the canceling of my debt, the cleansing of guilt and shame the acceptance that I would find in you, Lord Jesus. And I pray if there's anybody here today, God, that they do not know you, but your hand has reached out right there to them. Even as I speak, there's distractions trying to get them. God, but I pray that you'll help get their attention right now. And just by faith, reach out and take your hand. Lord, you say with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. But with mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, may you help that person right now in this moment to set aside the distractions and say, Dear Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. And Lord, I thank you for saving me today. Because just from a simple promise, a simple prayer of belief, if it's from the heart, you can be forgiven today. How about you, child of God? You get distracted? We all do. But sometimes we need to evaluate. It might be more than a squirrel distracting us. It might be more sinister than that. Hey, there was a theologian that once said, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. And if you feel like you're getting distracted... You might need to check up, man.
Think about where you're going. Think about where that road leads, all right? Uh, hey, thank you so much for coming. Uh, we're going